0: I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Welcome back to the How To Do Marketing Show. This episode is the second conversation in a three-part series all about branding. So in the first episode, we spoke to the incredibly cool Jody DeVries from multi-award winning branding agency, Tiny Hunter. And we explored the foundations of brand with Jody. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's episode 30. Um, that's a really, really good episode to start the conversation around brand and then today I am speaking to the enigmatic and highly creative Tara Ladd who is the founder and the creative director at Your One and Only and that's a brand and design agency that uses design as a tool for connecting with real people. Now, both Tara's personal and agency brand literally ooze in creative energy. The tone is witty, colourful, straight-talking, vibrant, and hugely engaging. Their branding is also really, really consistent across all of their touch points. And if you're a sucker for clever design, then you'll love their stuff. Personally, I'm really captivated by Tara's reels on Instagram. They are always so entertaining, and of course, as designers, they're really stunning to look at. So, I wanted for Tara to tell me how she firstly brings her life to her brand to life so beautifully, and I also wanted her to share how she ensures the brand just Stay so consistent across all of her channels because it's not just her that features um, in, say, for example, a lot of her Instagram content and reels. She's got many team team members that that feature in those too. So I do actually deep dive a bit on the Instagram reels, and and whilst Instagram reels, I guess, is a is a marketing tactic, it's it's still a brand touch point, obviously. Um, And honestly, I think she's one of the best real producers that I've seen. So I I really wanted to pick her brains about this form of content and for her to share any secrets to her success. We also touch on the role that confidence plays. Um, And Tara talks about how confidence really does play quite a big part in bringing her brand to life so well. And I think this is a really, really important point when you are featuring the people in your business quite heavily as part of your brand storytelling, which I must say, really, really do recommend. But you really do have to bring the confidence to the table to pull it off. Look, I would even say that's true, even if you're not using people, you know, when you have the confidence to get your brand out there, you... I guess, go out there with all guns blazing. You know, when you're proud of your brand, when you know that you can help people and that when you show up, you are adding value, then, you know, that confidence is actually going to lead to you being, you know, more consistent, more persistent. and, And then when you actually are, you know, really delivering that value. Well, that just leads to results. You know, people want your content to drop into their feed. So, confidence is really, really important. So, I love that we we covered that too. Look, I think you're really, really going to enjoy this conversation with Tara. I know I really did. And um, as I did with Jody, I started off my chat with Tara by just asking her to define what
1: brand is. So I think that this one, um, is probably a bit deeper than most people would think. It is absolutely the essence I think of every being of your business. So, um, you know, the way you speak to people, the way that you interact with people, it is literally, um, the ability to, you could sell whatever it is. It's like a personality. You could literally sell anything and just move the product and the brand can stay intact. It's values, it's uh, positioning, it's understanding target markets. And I think even then a brand can have multiple target markets if it is like secure. But yeah, I, I essentially it's basically the foundation of a business is yes. what I would describe. Yeah.
0: Wow. And um, I think that's a really, really powerful way to describe it. I loved the way that you kind of referenced that if a brand is a brand, it doesn't matter what the product is, or you could even like switch out a complete product. If a brand is solid um, and the foundations have been set up, it's it, it doesn't come down to products or services. It's 100%. it's all about the brand and people's experience with that brand. Um, awesome, and and I think that's too one of the you know big mistakes that a lot of business owners, and I don't even think it's just small business owners, uh, business owners make is that they just don't understand how um, cohesive um, and all-consuming a brand is. You know, it certainly doesn't just kind of sit within the colours of a logo or, or font or whatever. Um, but I love your description of how holistic that brand
1: is. That's a good word, holistic, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, and, and the values, like even going down to the values of the organisation. Um, now, you tara have a brilliant brand presence and that includes a really entertaining and vibrant instagram profile which is (laughs) your one and only um you've got a fantastically engaging website you i think also do some email marketing i saw a sign up on your on your um your website And I'd imagine that you actually do a lot more than I haven't been able to find. (laughs) But all of these touch points really do emulate your unique brand personality. So how do you ensure that the voice and the tone is consistent across all of these channels?
1: Branding guidelines are absolute first and foremost. And I think even... I think a lot of smaller businesses feel that this is just something bigger, bigger brands have, but it's absolutely key to anything. I mean, I check these on the reg, and especially if you I guess your brand is growing, you want to be able to uh, replicate that tone and and the imagery and literally everything that is your brand across every touch point um so that there is consistency and yeah branding guidelines say that they t- they talk about the tone they say what words to use what words not to use um you know examples of sentences that we would say slang all of that type of stuff and then it it wraps up our our values and the way we look and you know feel and pretty much again like that that it's the visual verbal essence of of who we are as a brand and i think um, they are, it's like a brand Bible essentially, right? Like, so it just, I think that's probably key. Also, we're quite small, nimble at the moment. So we have the ability to create a lot of the content ourselves. So of course it's going to be replicated quite, you know, the same, but, um, you know, as bigger, as brands evolve and do get bigger, you need to have that in place. And, and especially for a tone of voice, I think that's probably where a lot of brands, um, miss the mark is that they invest so much money into design which I mean we're not we're not worrying about that like that's that's key but you know we're going um, with that. <laughs> 100% we're good with that but yeah I think that uh, we also know that in order for a brand to be amazing they need to it, it, communication works in both visual and verbal so it needs to look and sound good for it to communicate effectively so i think verbal guidelines are really really important and having a copywriter develop your strategy or your verbal strategy is really important
0: wow so your brand style guide sounds really really comprehensive can yeah. you just like run us through like a list of what you include there because you've mentioned a few things there yep. you used examples of um, slang words and sentences and I imagine there's a visual guide there too but have can you let us know what's included in your brand style guide
1: yeah, for sure. And you know what? I'm going to be completely honest in we are a design brand agency. So we don't go into the depths about creating the customer personas and the complete brand DNA and all of that type of stuff. So we actually had, um, Anita from Word draft our verbal, verbal guideline docs. So she sat with us and, uh, you know, I'm, I was a writer. Amy is a writer. So all of us can write, but we needed someone to really ask those questions that were outside of that really emotional, Um, realm and they helped us to create our our verbal strategy so we've wrapped up her verbal into our visual Um, so it usually starts off with um, a bit of you know the USP and and what we stand for as a brand. And then it dives into the visuals and how to work those visuals, which most people would probably get. So you've got your clear space um, elements for your logo. So if you've given them to third party stakeholders, they know that they need the emphasis around your logo, uh, colors and all of that type of stuff in regards to visuals um, and formatting. But then we also talk about our values. Yeah, um, we think that they are really important, um, our values, how to present ourselves on social media. Um, we talk about um, what our culture is and what it stands for. So what you won't get and what you will get in um, in the studio, words to use, words not to use, um, how to portray ourselves in different in- instances across different channels, because we all know that you can't just replicate the same content across instagram to linkedin to facebook they're three completely different channels so that has a, a description of what type of things um, we need to be posting on each platform which um, i think you'll probably touch on a bit later um, but yeah it's it's quite cohesive in what types of things we need to be posting um you know color segmentation um we do a lot of color segments and, and how to use our we have a primary secondary color palette primary secondary um typography um and yeah we have all, rulings pretty much for every single thing that you would you would use for communication even email signatures so yeah it, g- it gets quite deep
0: <laughs> wow wow that's amazing I think that's one of the most comprehensive brand style guides <laughs> but yeah what an incredible foundation for everybody to have you that it, it's very hard to misinterpret 100% how you show up on a channel when you've got such fantastic direction there And so then talking about that direction, like you said, you're quite small at the moment, but I would imagine that there's a team of you kind of working across the various touch points. And you said you check it on the reg. Does everybody check it on the reg? Like is there some sort of process where it's like infused within the team?
1: So we all have our own little hats um, here and um, I'm not as the founder, you know, and the owner, I don't like, I, I really hate the word boss. I just don't like it. Um, I like to consider ourselves like a, a, a big team. So we all work together um, and we all share, I guess the, the the benefits that come out of the business. So we all have our own ownership, I guess. Um, so Stacey takes a lot of direction for Pinterest and she completely owns Pinterest. Yes. Um, Amy really helps me to establish a lot of the creative rollout for um, Instagram. So, and I'll do a lot of the, the copy stuff from, I guess, from that place. But, you know, I've asked the girls even just this week, you know, the areas that they specify in, cause we all specify in different areas to, you know, I'll, like to take ownership of those, those things and kind of talk about what they're really good at. And I think that that kind of creates, not only just, I guess, from a place of just one person, it creates a really diverse way to kind of communicate who we are as a team and what we what we have on offer. So that's kind of what we do within within our agency. And then we have whips, obviously, every every Wednesday, and we all talk about what we're doing and what we've done, and and kind of go over it like that. Is a really big team and collaborative effort. Yeah,
0: I love it. That's amazing. Now, one of these touch points, your reels, I love them (laughs) and I must love them because every time you post one, it comes up in my feed. So I've clearly been hovering and um, interacting with those. And what I love about them is it's clear that you have so much fun creating them. So my first question is how relevant do you think reels are for small business and do you think this is something, because, we, you know, you hear again and again and again how much meta, you know, prioritises reels and everyone's doing them and there's dances and words popping up all over your screen these days. They scare a lot of small businesses. Uh, yeah. Do you think it's something that we're going to all need to embrace at some point? We have to. We have to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think it's not necessarily about getting on and dancing. Like, that's just us. We're complete idiots. Like, we are very extrovert. Amy's not, So um, and neither is Sam. So we we will skew reels that will work in, I guess, their comfort zone. And I think that's probably key there. It's – at the end of the day, it's just about creating something. I mean, you've got people that get on and do their makeup and just talk to the camera. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be dancing and singing. It just needs to be what – you find comfortable, uh, but they're getting, it's getting so much organic reach. And if you're not having like, you're not, you're not getting on board the real train, like then you're probably missing out on a really big opportunity and be that like, you know, if you have a product-based business, like just show your product, you don't need to get your face in it at all. There's so many different ways that you can execute that content, like uh, slow motion and, you know, reveals and unboxing experiences and all of that type of stuff. But, you know, as a small business, sometimes it might be that you just narrate an experience or, you know, a day in the life of or lots of things like that. And eventually you do get comfortable. I remember um, even when stories came out, I was like, oh, you know, and I don't like the way I look or I don't like the way I sound. And I can tell you this right now. You are your own biggest critic and no one looks at you the way that you see yourself. You're always going to think that you are the worst. And it wasn't until like I did this live on Instagram once and my mum called me in the middle of it and I shut it down. Um <laughs> And it had so much engagement and I was like, okay, so people like that real authentic, you can completely botch something up and they were fine with it. Like, so it was really then that I was like, you know, I don't need to be this polished. And I've even like, as a designer, I've completely changed that whole perfect aesthetic on the feed. It's just whatever works, whatever's grabbing attention, whatever's getting the most, you know, um, you know, kind of engagement rate. It doesn't have to be perfectly curated to, And even as a designer, people would go, are you kidding? I'm like, yeah, like, you know, it looks good, but it doesn't need to be perfect. Nothing needs to be perfect. And if we try to do things perfectly, we're not going to ever do it right. And I think... The more you do them, the more comfortable you will get, and the more we do them, the better we get. Like, so it's just that case of just do it and do it and do it, and the better you will get. Like, we all started business not knowing what to do, and we get to year five and we're just owning it. So it's just a classic case of that. I mean, you don't want to be stuck in that. And for those that are listening, that might be you know around from when when Facebook started, and everyone's like, oh, it's just a phase. (laughs) Um and then you know, it all just evolved into this big beast and everyone was chasing tail. Like you want to be on top of it when it comes out. You want to be ahead of the game. Um, because it's too hard to fight a market that's oversaturated if you're not getting on board when it needs when you need to, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And and I agree, it's a muscle that needs to be exercised. But I also love that you nuance the style of real to the type of you know where someone feels comfortable so i love yours because and i'm uh, i really do admire your ability to be able to act like your real theater medium like it's not dancing you don't do the dancing you do no. the acting ones yeah. which i love i love those and i wish i had um the guts to be able to do those but i feel like i would just look like the biggest try hard but i'm i'm very very comfortable just to ch- show up and talk and and it's amazing. Like we've been experimenting with some of the reels where you put some Canva, you know, storytelling and words and that sort of stuff, but they just don't resonate. It's like, like, and it's ridiculous. Like me just showing up and talking for an, a, a minute and putting the captions on resonate ten times 100%. more than a pre, you know, pre-designed, thought-out, logical little kind of. Um, sequence of canvas screens.
1: it's the classic case of you know uh, an image of a person will get 80% more recognition it's just it's just that you've just got to say like and a lot of the times you may notice when i do show some work there's a there's a video of us first that leads yes. into the work and yeah. there's a reason for that so um you know it, it's not we don't always do it and sometimes you'll see people with I, even to me it blows my mind you know you'll see some other designer that doesn't even have that that many followers and they're getting like 6000 views and it's like what did they do like i don't yeah. understand So, I mean, like, we're all feeling it. Like, don't get impostery. Like, even we can get impostery. But I think what I like to – this is the way I see it is that, um, you know, you just never know what's going to take off. You could create something that, you know, you didn't think was anything and it absolutely booms. But if you don't have anything that's there in the library that you've been consistently putting up – Then people are going to leave anyway so you're going to want to make sure that you just stay to it day by day and eventually people that do like what you have to post from one video may go back through all of your existing reels and see what you've had to say so you just have to make sure it's a you know a a big collaboration of um of all of the things that you do that's valuable so that your client can take you know get the most out of what they what you've put out
0: yeah and that's a great segue into my next question because I think it's a little bit like anything where there's a a huge propensity to be creative and you spend your, you know, hours and hours online looking to see what everybody else is doing. And they're dancing and they're doing this and they're doing, you know, great trending audio, um, uh, you know, uh, bits and pieces. But how do we make sure, how do you make sure that it's not just entertaining because you always pull it back to your brand how do you make sh- sure that it's not just entertainment for the sake of entertainment and that it's actually something that will drive people into that top of the top of the funnel um, and they're the right people that are going to kind of filter down that funnel eventually
1: anyway? There's uh, those nice things called content pillars. Yeah. So um, I think that that a lot of people, look and i i'm gonna be i'm gonna admit the fact that when reels came out i did fall into that that suction cap of you know um making making things that are popular and trying to find the trending audio and while that's really important they are like hashtags right they're not they're not the foundation of the content piece they're just assisting they're just providing you know a, a microphone to what's already being put out so you just need to make sure that that key thing that you're talking about is is of importance and so i'll walk you through ours. so We have four key content pillars. They're called Flex, Power, Wisdom, and Source. Yeah. Um, So Flex is the work and talent and the service that we offer. Um, Power is to show how design influences humans and gives a bit of education and inspiration, so like through data. Um, Then we have like wisdom, which is like insights, thought leadership, um, and how-to guides and things like that. And then we have the source, which is the essence of us. So basically process, team, behind the scenes, and what makes us us. And we always make sure that whatever, and literally before um, we started talking today, I was going through making sure that I have two of everything to put out on the feed this week. Um, And then whatever the content piece is, it'll fall in later. So, you know, I make sure that we've got two content pieces in each section, and then I decide how that content's going to roll out, be that carousel, a video, um, you know, whatever it is, so that whenever anyone lands on our Instagram page, specifically what we're talking about here, um, that... They're, regardless of where they are in the journey, they're gonna get a little bit of a glimpse into each and everything that we do within our studio so that there's always relevance going through. When You won't catch us jumping on and doing one of those dumb trending reels unless we've skewed the trending reel to be relevant to what we do within our business. Right. Otherwise that could take off, people would come to our page and then there's nothing there that relates to anything that they've just seen and they're gonna leave anyway. So you're gonna to wanna to make sure that if you do hook someone in, you're hooking them in with you know relevant content that is to what you do, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 which I think you do absolutely beautifully. <laughs> Thanks. <Scott. laughs> um, and we spend a lot of time on Reels only because totally. you're just so good at, 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 at what you do. And I know there's so much more to your um, that telling your brand story. So you're now switching gears. So at your one and only is your branding agency. Yeah. But you're also now starting to build your personal brand as yes. Tara Lad. Um, So you've just, I noticed, created a completely separate Instagram account for yourself, which I think probably coincided with the launch of your beautiful podcast, the Mm -hmm. word V. (laughs) How aligned is this personal brand with your one and only, your agency?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think... I think that they are aligned from a top level perspective and what we do. My values, I think is, is more aligned, but what I created my personal brand for was the narrative. Um, and I think that this is where it can get really messy. If, uh, if a owner starts to talk about themselves too much on their own page um, and not messy in the fact that, you know, the the owner could be amazing and um, people really love that owner, but it doesn't provide enough attention to the team. And I think in our case, we're very team orientated. So I didn't want the microphone to be in front of me all of the time. Um, and even now I'm like, there's too many reels with me in it. You guys need to get in. Um, and obviously COVID doesn't help the fact that you can't do too many team things. So we've been trying to figure out ways to kind of transition into each other. But, um, but yeah, I think my personal brand is all about what my values are and what i believe in and what i'm super passionate about and i find that i still pepper in a lot of that stuff so um for those that don't know the word v is about motherhood business ownership working women in society and i think um a lot of that does resonate with your one and only we are a a full female um run agency um and i am all about promoting women to the front um you know we support uh paid superannuation on maternity leave and provide a uh, four-day work week and all of that stuff's very relevant. Um, but the reasoning behind a lot of stuff and some conversations that I do want to lead are really important to have on my own platform. So when I talk about, um, I guess, some key decisions that I've made within the business, uh, a lot of that revolves around my personal uh, family life. So I've, I've created an account where I can have those deeper conversations um, that that skew both of them um they they both align quite well um but if you want a deeper understanding as to who i am and what i am all about and what how i've gotten to where i am then that's kind of where my personal brand starts but we as an agency um we will touch on subjects like that on the on the odd pillar but they aren't it isn't what Your One and Only is. Your One and Only is a brand and design agency, so that's what the narrative needs to stick to.
0: And do you envisage, and I'm not sure whether, I'm sure in the um, beginning stages of building your personal brand, you you would leverage a little bit of the Your One and Only oh. t- Our audience to kind of pull people absolutely, particularly for podcast downloads and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely, and as you said, if you're weaving little bits of that value based narrative into your one and only, anyway, you've probably got you know an audience sitting there ripe and ready for this this kind of content. Do you foresee
1: that you'll continue
0: to weave those brands Absolutely. together? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think the my whole strategy, and here you go here you go everyone goes behind the scenes here, um, <laughs> is I'm I'm releasing a course a bit later this year, um, and I've been it's been something I've been really passionate about because um, I think starting my own personal brand it really gave me. Um, I found my real true purpose as to what I wanted to do. And I, you know, you know, when you have a purpose and you don't really know how to, how to execute it well. And mine was always as a young female creative in an advertising agency industry. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was just very, um, boxed into progression. I think you, you can't progress. Um, and I guess it was, there was no one around for me to really look up to. And I found at the time, like we're talking 15 years ago, um, there wasn't really, I guess, there was no one there that was that was leading the way in regards to this is what you can do. And I think it was quite. I was like, I'm going to become that person for people. I really want young creatives, not just young creatives, but females and and women in general that want to lead their own way and pave their own futures. Um, that's kind of what I want to do with that. So that's what the course is going to be centralised. I guess it's like value and understanding how to brand and build a business, um, not going down that like I guess what everyone else is doing um with the whole women in business, business so I no i don't yeah. want to that's not what it's It's like gonna be no bullshit cut through this is so so authentically me um yeah. that it's going to attract a very specific type of market so uh people that like to be spoken to like i don't really care about that this is what you need to do that's actually stupid like you know what i mean like that type of i guess mentor that's just who i am and i think i've I found a really good audience for that. And I think that they really appreciate that type of um, of, of mentorship. So um, that's what I want to do. And the, that is absolutely key because the podcast is now working to uh, amplify my voice across multiple areas. So hoping that I can bring people in that are working women and maybe working in like marketing manager positions that can bring your one and only in as an a- agency to do their you know the branding um and then we're working from a smaller scale like startups and people that are wanting to build their own businesses and we'll funnel that into my personal brand where they can learn i guess get mentored and understand how to build a business so that's where the two are aligned but also separated at the same time
0: yeah yeah i love it and (laughs) you heard it first here folks that's awesome about your course (laughs) thanks for sharing that (laughs) Allow me to briefly interject in this episode of the How To Do Marketing show to tell you about my bloody great marketing plan. But firstly, tell me if this sounds familiar. You are a passionate and ambitious small business owner. You bloody love being your own boss and you have some pretty grand plans for your business. But right now, you feel like your business is running you. You are working ridiculous hours, you can't stop thinking and worrying about how you will get more sales, and you're often overwhelmed when you think about all of the stuff that you're just not even getting to. This is not what you signed up for, right? A successful business to you is one where you have some choice and some flexibility, You have a good team of people to support you you make a good wage and by god do you earn a nice bloody profit because that's the reward for being in business so there's a few core business functions that you will need to master in order to get to that spot and one of those is marketing in fact in my experience you're actually going to need a bloody great marketing plan to help you build that business dream But it's got to be foolproof and it's got to be simple and easy to implement. You do not have time to faff about trying to understand complex and confusing jargon and malarkey. You've got a bloody business to run. So allow me to introduce my bloody great marketing plan. Simple, straightforward, no bullshit. And if you actually follow it, it will lead to that increase in your revenue that allows you to hire more staff, pay yourself well, and make a bloody beautiful profit. So if you want to start building that dream business of yours today by getting your own bloody great marketing plan into place, simply head to howtodomarketing.com.au or Forward slash my bloody great marketing plan. And now back to the show. Now I'm switching gears now to the topic of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this is really, really relevant to brand, particularly personal brand, but but I think it's something that really exudes from your one and only brand as well. Um, because it's not, I mean, I know you said that's not all of the team feel incredibly confident getting up on the rails, but you do seem like a really confident team, and I feel that that's your leadership that plays a big part in that, Tara. And a little bit, and it's something that I really get from that 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 content. Um,
1: have you always had that Tara or is this something that you've developed over the years so funny you say that the most recent episode drops about identity and it, it literally talks about this exact subject ah, right. so um, I'll give you a bit of a glimpse into what I basically spoke about um, it it I I'm um, neurodivergent I have ADHD I have never had a real close click of friends. Well, I didn't, when I was growing up at school, I was always found to be quite annoying. I spoke too much. Um, I was too loud, Uh, you know, um, I was very scattered. Um, And I mean, I had lots of friends peppered, but I wasn't like, I didn't have that, you know, that real core group of friends that you really need that is there to support you when, you know, things happen and you feel like, I did not have that. So I felt really, like, um, ba- like I guess, sugar-coated friendships. There was no real, there was no cake underneath. Um, and it wasn't until I think I was about in year, year nine that I found a group of friends, but even then, only one out of the five of them were, um, I guess, were good. Um, and, well, not good, but you know what I mean, I had substance. I mean. And we became yeah. really good friends. And even to this day, we, we still speak to each other, um, but not on the same scale it wasn't until I met my, my husband that I fell into his group of friends that, and I think it's because he comes from such a solid group of guy friends who are very value aligned. And I can absolutely wholehearted hand on heart say that they are just the most amazing group of men that I've ever met in my life. Um, and obviously because they were so values value aligned that they met women that were very much I guess, similar to me or what we, or and that's really where my friendship group blossomed from. So um, we're all really good friends. And, and I, th- I found that's where a lot of my confidence stemmed from. Um, and even then I also talk about, I fell into health and fitness at the age of 23, 22, um, and finding, um, finding the weight room, um, believe it or not, finding the weight room, not jumping on and losing weight, getting myself strong, physically strong, um, it just empowered me. Like, you know, there's nothing like lifting up a hundred kilo barbell off the ground and knowing, Hey, I know guys that can't do this. Like that is a confidence that, that really, um, you know, you can't just get from, from walking in a door, you've got to work for it. So I think, Um, it's just the ability to push yourself to things that you just didn't realize that you could do. And it's breaking those boundaries of just constantly proving yourself wrong. Um, And I think that's where it was, it's not a day by day thing. This was a work in progress. And I think it's the small, um, the small things over time that build the confidence to where you are and, you know, finding your voice in a, in a workplace that was men dominated and um, you know, things like that. And, when you finally get a win, you're like, hey, I just had to use my voice. And then you start doing it a bit more often. And it's the same with our pricing strategies here. We up them every six months. Um, And we never just sit back so that it's like, you know, or. That's a big jump from the last time. It's like, oh, well, it was someone gets a six-monthly difference. It's not that much, but you look at it over a two-year difference and it's quite a lot. So um, that's our strategy there. And, you know, saying no and flexing those no muscles, I know that everyone says that, but it's so important to do that. And making sure that you put yourself first I think is really important as well. I think too often, especially women, um, are people pleasers and they want to please everyone else around them and you keep saying yes to other people and you keep saying no to yourself and then before you know it, you, you're you stuck under all this stuff and you don't even know how you got there. So I think it's really important to to be a bit selfish and I think that, that that's that's what builds a bit of confidence. Well, it had in me anyway. I know that everyone's different but that's that's my, my two cents. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I love that two cents and I love that the two cents, that the confidence that you've found is not just as a result of what you've done in business. Like it's been those external influences like your friendship group, you know, getting in the weight room Mm -hmm. and and being fit. And and I completely relate to that. I remember when I was at my kind of peak fitness, um, you do feel like that physical power does feel, um, uh, I guess, empowering for want of a better word. Um, But I think... um, also, like just kind of being that business owner and and what, what did you say your business was five years? Yeah, five years in, in May, yeah. And, and kicking so many goals. I love that you push yourself out of the comfort zone. It's very easy to sit at the same mm-hmm. price and be accepted, as you said, to be likeable and accepted and get all the jobs. But the fact that you push forward um, and, and get, go for those price increases, I, I guess that would be... Um, something that would really boost your confidence when people just keep saying yes because the yeah. work you do is outstanding oh, um you. and so so you're worth it i love it that's great um do you think it's important to have that confidence like yeah if someone feels like they don't have the confidence or do you think like how how important do you think that confidence is within a a personal brand or even just a business brand so much
1: i yeah. and i know that and i know i know one of my good business friends who has a confidence coach for that exact reason really? um yeah and i think that i mean it's just I, it comes naturally to me sometimes i don't know i you know i you know all about ari but for those who don't my my firstborn had a liver transplant i think that that really grounded me um as a person to know that what really mattered in life. So anything else is kind of just seems a bit trivial moving forward. So I just have this, you know, uncanny ability to just be like, this is the way it is. And if you don't like it bye. Yeah. Um, and I think that, By doing that, it's just it just caters a life that you just really want to have. So, I mean, we could sit here and design five hundred dollar logos for the rest of our lives and completely be financially like screwed because you're over overworked. You're not getting enough money for it. You're spending too much time on a job that uh, you know that that you're not getting any value from. Um, Or you can charge what it's worth and you can do one or two jobs a month and you can invest the time and energy into that work and be really proud of it. And know that, that that's that's what the life that you're catering for. It's not about, oh, my gosh, I'm going to piss this person off. It's like, what did I start this business for? Mm. Um, and I've got a friend that started her business literally on the same day. She's a bookkeeper. She's amazing. She's an absolute people pleaser. She's so unhappy in her business. And we are in, like, different realms. And by all of them are decisions that we've made throughout those five years that has landed us to where we are. Um, and you know, she will be like, oh, someone's messaged me this. I said, fire them, fire (laughs) them. She's like, I can't. I'm like, you can. I said, you didn't leave a corporate job to work on with people that you don't like. Like, that's not, that's not what this is about. Like, so if you want to create a business that you love to work in, you need to change the, the people that you work with make sure they align to your values um I cannot tell you the amount of clients I've had that have been so accepting of the time that I've needed to take off for Ari um and even my second pregnancy um you know so having that type of client that type of customer and community really helps to build confidence into who you are um as a business owner and as i guess you know as a professional
0: yeah yeah and and it even goes back to that example of you confidently being able to raise your prices um, and as you said, being able to be very happy with then working with two to three clients and having the time and the space because creativity needs space and time. Absolutely. You can't pump out creative processes because it just, it becomes a transaction and it mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. Um, also, my observation is if, if someone doesn't, and, and so regardless of whether they're building a personal brand, because there's a lot of people that just think the idea of building a personal brand is like the most scariest thing that they've ever thought of, and that there's no need to. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of business owners that I work with, which are so adamant to remain behind the scenes, and they don't want yeah. a big fuss, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, which is fine, introvert, very, you know, extremely introverted, and all the rest. Um, but I also think it then emulates across the rest of the brand and getting out there. So. I see correlations when someone's really, really hesitant to get out there and own their stuff. They're really, really hesitant to get their business out there to, to own their stuff. So, oh, should I email? Because, like, isn't that annoying people? Like, I, I don't think I should, I don't think we should do, do email marketing. It's that's, that's annoying people. Why would people want to hear from us? Mm-hmm. Or are we posting a little bit too much on social media? Like, the, we're just going to annoy people. Or... You know, are our radio ads playing too much? Because they're just, they're so worried about what people think.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is the polar opposite to what they should be doing because yes. you really, you want people to know you are there. And I think that as as a personal brand, you want to you wanna just go to town and be like, this is why we're here. This is why we exist. And I'm going to help you. Um, and if you're constantly hiding behind what people I guess, want from you, you're not really telling them what they need. And I I always use this as a classic example. Like if we have a big tiered client come to us and ask what they need, I will tell them when they're wrong. And there's a reason for that because if they're told what they're right, no one wants a yes person. They want to hire someone uh, and spend their money. And most of the time, we've actually made bigger jobs or bigger sales purely when someone's rung up and been like, oh, look, we could get it cheaper somewhere else. I'm like, off oh, you go, see ya. Um, and you find that in two seconds flat, they're, they're investing more money than what they originally wanted to in the first place. Because I think that they've turned around and been like, oh, hang on a second, they're yeah. not going to just tell me yes. And I think that's the difference. And even on our website, we say, if you want dictation, we're not your people, like, you know, just go somewhere else. So. Um if you want collaboration absolutely here for it. And I think as a as a founder and a director of a company, um your voice matters and people want to know what you're all about. They want to know your story. And if you don't tell them, people are going to find it. Um I think this is a the thing these days. It's people have access to everything. And if you're not providing a platform where you can at least narrate your own narrative, um someone will create it for you. So That's it's right. important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um okay, so if a business does come to you and say we would like our brand sorted please what's the process what what do they
1: do with you yeah so we um we have a big list of questions that we usually ask people because i think everyone's really like excited to jump straight into the design and we're like, (laughs) wheel it back. Um, I think uh, we're, like you said, we're holistic. Well, we're holistic across the the design and creative phase. And it's so key to making sure that you have ticked all the boxes prior to moving into the design phase, or you're just going to design something that doesn't convert. So um, we will ask them what their plan is, if they have. So there's two different avenues, I guess they can take with us, you build a whole brand with us, or you build an identity with us. So um, both kind of similar, but different. So, I mean, you come to us, if you've already been with a copywriter, or you've developed a cohesive strategy, and you really just say, hey, here's the strategy we need to create um, our, I guess, our identity, and then we'll work with it from there. Or we kind of, we have no idea what we need. And then we will negate, um, you know, we will work with them to find a copywriter and find a developer. And we do all the groundwork to help them to build the initial strategy. And then we move through that area. So both kind of end up getting the same, but one has more of the cohesive um, experience. Um, but yeah, so if we move into the, I guess the creative aspect, we, it's really important for us to know who they are. Uh, I guess that's why that strategy is so important because your design should emulate your personality as a brand and it should emulate everything that you want it to be we don't design on trend um i mean if you see it now 90s is in so everyone's designing with bright colors and those stupid gradients in the background and they look beautiful don't get me wrong and you'll see those retro fonts going around and everyone's using them and the boxes and the outlines with the, you know, everyone's using the same things. And the problem with that is that if everyone's using the same things is that no one has a distinct differentiation. Um, and we will say it over and over canvas great, but don't use the templates because what's happening on the templates is everyone's using the templates. So you're not creating anything that stand out when you're mindlessly scrolling, something needs to be different. Um, And I think, so what we will do is we'll go through who they are, what they want to do, you know, where they're going, and we will create a brand for where they want to be, not where they are now. I think if you're a single person that wants an agency with five people, then we're going to create an agency, um, you know, design identity, not a single freelancer identity. Um, And we will go through that real strategic direction at the beginning Colors that they should use because colors obviously have psychological meaning. So we need to make sure that they're going to attract the right audiences. We know that men are very attracted to blues and greens and women are very attracted to reds and pinks. So you need to know your audiences. Um, even, you know, if you're going to use a monochrome palette, you need to know how to use that monochrome palette. And I think, um, even fonts. So all of these are identifiers. Funny you say that. So I've got a post going out about this, um, about, identifiers for your brand that aren't your logo so you know your brand font is is an identifier your imagery is an identifier and if you've got things that look the same as everyone else then you're not going to be distinctively different and it's so important to be so We really work through that phase in in making sure that someone has that distinct um, differentiation and then we start to roll out the creative. So we'll work on the logo, we create that in black and white so they can choose on form and shape and then we bring in colour and then we see how they feel about that colour and then we put things in situ and then we work on their stationery and their collateral and then we really begin to grow the brand. And I think a lot of people do get stuck in that design of the logo phase and we have to be like, this is just, like, so, so minuscule in the in the wider scheme of things and how you use, like, you could look at Coke, for instance. You don't even need to put the Coke logo up. You just put the bottle shape. Yeah. Um, now, I know they've got years and years and years and years of, of recognition, but the point of that is that, Um, you're creating assets that are going to become identifiers that you can use. So we really think about how we can create things that will become those for that brand. Um, And even if you think of Instagram, you think of the little camera icon. That's an icon for their app. That's not actually their, that wasn't actually their icon, uh, their their logo. That was the script font, which they've now embedded the icon into their yeah. identity because yeah. it's become so you know so much of a signifier so yeah. you know it's it's things like that that you need to think about and we really go down that avenue and that's kind of where we where we and then we roll out the the collateral based on the i guess the business and the type of of things that they need
0: yeah amazing fantastic and if there's anybody listening that does want to go through this process, Tara, how do they find you? And also, um, can you tell us where
1: to find your personal branding Absolutely. Uh, as well? Wow. Thank you so much. Okay, so you can find us at www.youroneandonly.com.au. That's our website. Um, and if you want to follow along on Instagram, that's pretty much where we're hanging out these days, and that's at your one and only underscore au. And my personal brand is at I am Tara Lad, um, or you can go to taralad.com. So all of that's happening over there. I'm a little bit excited because um, yeah, there's lots of cool stuff happening in, in both realms of the world there.
0: Yeah, no, and I can vouch for that. That's for sure. And the podcast is called The Word V and that's the Word Spotify. V. And yes, Spotify. Everywhere yeah. you get
1: podcasts. You yeah. can just go to the website. There's links all over the joint and on well, Instagram yes. um, and you can probably just Google it through Spotify and Apple and you'll find it there because there's no one else that has it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: funnily enough. Awesome. That has just been so great to hear all of that insight. Um, I've loved being able to pick your brain. Thank you so much for giving us the time.
1: No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to yet
0: another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. I really do enjoy bringing you these episodes and I hope that you get a lot from them. If you would like to receive even more marketing musings from myself and my team, be sure to head to howtodomarketing.com.au and subscribe to our email. And if you want to move closer to your dream business by creating your own bloody great marketing plan for 2022, head on over to howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash my bloody great marketing plan.